everyone, and welcome back to the Anthony Brangliata Show, the premier New Jersey-based politics podcast. And most importantly, Happy New Year. The holiday season is officially behind us. And now we're going to go deep dive into one of the biggest stories right now, and that is the RNC chairmanship election. And I'm beyond honored to have one of those candidates up who's running against Ronald McDaniel. That's Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet, um, thank you so much for coming. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Anthony. No problem. So from the previous election that happened in 2022, um, Republicans came back to the House, but didn't really quite meet expectations for this past year. Why do you think you would be better at Rana for that position? Well, over the past six years, Rana has had opportunities to help lead Republicans to victory. And during that time, we've fallen short, I think, of the expectations that our party sets. Namely, we've lost the House, the Senate, the White House. And while we have narrowly won back the House in this recent election, the narrowness of that victory is being played out on national television with the successive leadership votes failing. And so I hope the House is able to reach a consensus on that pretty quickly with a Republican speaker that we can move forward. But we would not even have had more than one vote if our expectations of a red wave hadn't fallen short. And so no one person is to blame for that. But when you are the head of the organization whose job it is to elect Republicans, I think it's fair to step aside and let somebody else have a chance to do that. Some of the things that I would change, Anthony, at the RNC would be we have a very top-down structure and very few members are involved in any any decisions at Mm -hmm. the RNC. For example, we don't have access to line-item budgets at the RNC to the Budget Committee. Executive Committee of the RNC has very little or no decision-making power that doesn't involve the chair asking for their opinion. And that doesn't happen very much. Got it. Um, You know, we raise a lot of money at the RNC, but that money is not spent efficiently and the fundraising expenses are out of control. So these are some of the things that I would change at the RNC. Right. I know Mitch, I know Mitch McConnell sent money up to Alaska where typically Republicans always win. So that's kind of reason why I think I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, but I was also talking about um, the RNC Victory Program. I know there are a lot of problems with Victory. I've heard a lot of people have said, oh, that will get a bad rep. And that's more of a metrics-driven um, system rather than winning. Um, what needs to change there? Well, I think leadership needs to needs to express that we aren't just going to pat ourselves on the back for the number of doors that were knocked and literature dropped. I think voter engagement, so that is the quality of voter engagement is much more important in my opinion. And so results are important. So I don't think you mm-hmm. get an A for effort in politics by knocking on more doors or making more phone calls if they don't connect with voters, if we aren't persuading voters. And so I think that that focus uh, needs to shift to measuring ourselves according to moving people's hearts and minds and winning elections. And so that's what I would do. I think we should be honest about our approach and we shouldn't be simply pushing our field staff to just check off boxes and make numbers, but actually should be rewarding them for number of engagements that they have that are real human engagements. I also think that our effort is a traditional effort, which is seasonal around election season but the Democrats have switched more to a year-round model where they have people engaging at, at, the, at a community level year-round. And we're not investing in that. We aren't, we aren't investing in election integrity efforts year-round. We're doing it seasonally. So we need to understand that as the time of voting has expanded, as Democrats, our competitors, 
have uh, invested in year-round engagement, we must do the same if we are to keep up. I could not agree with you more. Um, we need, uh, you know, it needs to be like a twenty-four-seven basis to win these elections. And when you, and, you know, and we usually when you bring on a staffer in like September, August, September, usually that campaign is going to lose because they're just so far behind. And and besides that too, like a, a lot of the field staff, you know, like I was in this past year at Victory, how you know, a lot of them would just be, you know, treated, you know, very harsh, very rude. Um, but uh, most importantly, though, like, you know, how how are we going to treat our field staffers? So I feel like we need to treat them with respect and that their their work is valued. But I feel like when other people other people tell me their experiences, they feel like that the work is not a value to them. Well, look, obviously, culture starts at the top, and you have to have a healthy culture inside the RNC buildings and headquarters, and that should flow down to how we treat our field staff. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that. People have had bad experiences with that. I do think the experiences vary in different states. I know in California, I haven't heard that particular complaint. So it really mm -hmm. depends on who's in management in, in a particular place. And I think it is important that everybody be treated with respect. We want to make sure that the people who work for uh, our operations, they're encouraged to stay in Republican politics. Maybe they come back and they work for us and the best and brightest should be working for us year round. So I would certainly encourage a, a better culture of uh, in, retention and engagement. Right. That's, I, again, on the ball on that and preaching to the choir right there. I think a lot of the people I worked with definitely would agree that on the, in other states too, where they probably were, you know, not treated the right way. Uh, but I, I would ask you this too, Harmeet. Um, the, if, when, if you become chairwoman of the RNC, what is the first thing you want to do? I'd like there to be an audit of all the vendor and donor, uh, not not donor, but the vendor and consulting relationships at the RNC. I think it, we have a lot of non-competitive bidding, a lot of cronyism, and a lot of wasteful contracts there. And so I think that we should really review those and then figure out what's working and what's not. Some of those contracts are undoubtedly uh, very valuable and useful. Maybe some of them need to be renegotiated in modern terms. I also would like to see... Uh, a renewed focus on better communications at the RNC, belt tightening, getting rid of mm -hmm. some wasteful expenditures. That would include a review of our fundraising expenses and, and metrics and making sure that we're upgrading those as well. Because I think the amount that we spend to raise a dollar is uh, really out of whack with what it should be. And there's so many modern methods of doing that. And if we were competitively bidding some of these things, we would get better results. We also don't really have a values-based contracting system at the RNC, and mm -hmm. I don't think we should be doing business with companies that undermine us. Um, you know, so uh, for example, you know, we we use a backend in WinRed for raising money called Stripe. That's the credit card processing vendor, and mm -hmm. Stripe is a liberal company. It doesn't share our values. So there are competitors, and I think we should be looking at the competitors that reinvest money back into the communities that we're seeking to engage or contribute to conservative causes or what have you. So we should really be trying to keep our business with uh, businesses that support our values. Yeah. Once again, I think you're um, preaching to the choir right there. Um, you know, and I know a lot of Republicans really want to, you know, they're fed up with all these big businesses like Amazon and uh, all these, all these other businesses that don't support their values. So they want to support organizations that support them, not, not the other way around. Cause like, oh, those people would tell me, Oh, why would I spend? Why would I use money on Amazon if they're just if they if they you know want to kill babies? Um, 
Oh no, well, you know, it's it's just big business and all the big you know, like Apple, another one, Google. Um, there's too many of them, and a lot of people just fed up. They want to support businesses that they can easily back. Or again, although we're um looking at other things like like looking at like the landscape of what of 2024. We have Trump in as president already. Supposedly DeSantis might run, we'll have other people, but like looking at like what who the Democrats have to run. I mean, I feel like that there isn't really a lot of like, you know, people coming in, like who's going to run for president. I think Gavin Newsom might do it. My governor, Phil Murphy, I heard is rumored to do it, but I feel like they don't have anything to run on this year. Your thoughts. Incumbent is the odds on favorite. Uh, You saw that in 2020, we uh, didn't even have a primary process in the Republican side. We coalesced around president Trump and, you know, that's generally the best chance for a party to succeed as of course, Joe Biden is an unusual case. He's virtually, he's, he's barely functioning now. I don't know how he's going to be functioning in two years, but he says he's, you know, likely to be announcing soon for reelection. So, um, so I think it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, but certainly there are a lot of young guns in the democratic party who have, uh, in my state in California, who have mm-hmm. not had the opportunity to step forward because our Senate seats are held by, um, for a long time, Diane Feinstein, who's in her 80s, uh, has held that seat. We've had some movement in in the other Senate seat. I mean, Kamala Harris held it, and then now, uh, now Alex Padilla, the former Secretary of State here, has that. He's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. so that doesn't really give a lot of opportunity for anybody unless uh, Diane Feinstein steps away. Nancy Pelosi may decide she's not going to run again, or she may, you know, retire and have her seat be filled by a, uh, another Democrat. But if you're Gavin Newsom, there's nowhere to go after governor. We have a, we have a term limit. He's just gotten reelected. And so he'll have to sit it out and figure out something else to do for a few years if Joe Biden is the nominee of the party in 2024. So, um, I, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a problem I think a lot about, quite frankly, I think our party has superior principles and ideas, uh, no matter who the other side is, but without a revitalized, highly organized and effective Republican National Committee, I am concerned about our ability to win in 2024. That's one of the reasons I stepped forward. Right, right. Um, last question before um, we go. Um, now, looking at like, you know, like broadband, like now let's say now you're already chairwoman. Um, now, we already discussed what you want to do, the first thing you want to do. Now, like, because obviously the GOP needs major new big time leadership. Um, why should um, like any of the RNC people who are probably watching this, why would they want to support you? Well, I think the real reason I'm stepping forward and I think we need changes because we have to make changes to win elections. That's why every member of the RNC should be at the RNC, not for photo ops, cocktail parties, or, you know, a title, but to make sure that Republicans in their state win elections in their state and that nationally we win our elections. And so we haven't done that in six years. We haven't we haven't met our promises to the voters in all these years. We aren't using donor money efficiently. I don't think anyone can argue that. And we aren't preparing ourselves and adapting to modern methods of reaching voters or modern methods of communicating. We don't use technology that innovates like the Democrats do. Democrats are investing in this next election cycle in better data. Uh, I don't know that we're doing that from what I can tell. Democrats are making extensive use of uh, cheap methods of communicating, including the use of social media influencers. We're not spending a dollar on that at the RNC. And so we're way behind the curve. So these are some things that I would change if I were the chair. 
God, I, I think we have a lot of great ideas for the RNC. Um, Harmi, I am behind you. I am supporting you for to be chairwoman of the RNC. I know a lot of other people are out there who are just like me, who be like, you know, the, the Republican Party is at home, but we want to win. Um, again, Harmi, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for having um, me. No problem, Harmi. And to all of you watching, we'll see you next time. See you later, everybody.